listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Hello. Welcome to the Atomic Geeks podcast. I'm tonight's host, Michael. I've been swinging a sledgehammer all day, and I'll be laying pipe later on. Downs. And I'm drinking Alexander Keith's India Pale Ale. Who's with me? Well, hello, Mike and everyone else. It's Andrew Bloom, and I'm just entering my DVD vault. It's really quite large in here. I got to see what I haven't looked at in a while. With me is a Bud Light Lime. Well, hey, 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 it's Michael DiGiovanni, and I'm still wrapped in plastic in Toronto. And for tonight's podcast, I'm drinking one of Magic Hat Brewery's Wacko Summer Seasonal. Oh, hello, Internet. It's your pal Christian from the town of Oakville in my basement. Looking for old Christmas gifts. Well, here's one under my desk. I might as well open it up while I drink a cold bottle of Lakeport Pilsner. There's a lighthouse on the bottle, and I guess that's why it's called Lakeport. (laughs) I like how you guys really worked really hard to... Uh, work today's theme into the opening. Uh, congratulations all around. Did my I just thought about through? that a second ago. I yeah, just came off that with the top of my head. Oh, wow, geez. And yes, Andrew, we all heard the echo of the vault. Very nicely done. <laughs> it's quite a big vault. I have it closed off now. Speaking of vaults, I got to say, I, I know I'm drinking crappy Bud Light Lime this week, but I got this from my fiance who was in uh, the Ottawa, close to Quebec. In Quebec, she went to a, a place called... Uh, the Beer King, where I guess they sell beer even cheaper than they do in most other places in Quebec, and a case was like 26 bucks. They had other deals like regular Bud Light or whatever were like like a dollar a can or a dollar a bottle. Holy shit. She should, like, import that stuff to Nova Scotia, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was wondering where my phone call was so she could bring some back for me on her way home for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I would have given her half price. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, we could totally import that shit and make some money, man. T- seriously, just beer. look that up. That's, I, oh. I've actually talked about doing that for my honeymoon. Those Quebecers apparently know how to do their beer right, for crying out loud. Right. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is our, I mean, Christian and I's home freaking motto, cheap beer. Meanwhile, D, uh, DJ can get good beer in Quebec. Quebec is the motherland of all for beer lovers, I suppose. Well, yeah, it's definitely got some great uh, beers out in Quebec. I don't imagine it'll be $26 for a 2-4, but uh, maybe if we get that Atomic Geeks flatbed and, you know, big gigantic truck that we're thinking of buying, we can drive that shit out for, to, from Oakville all the way to Halifax. I want to be the first I want to be the first one to honk the horn. <laughs> Load up in beer in Quebec and drive it to Nova Scotia. I think we have next year's trip planned. Can we put a CB radio in there? <laughs> no. Any smokies on my tail? <laughs> God. All right, so let's move on to some geek news. Geek news. Geek news. Okay, so who has some? I uh, have a couple of tidbits of geek news for all of my uh, fellow podcasters to devour. And the first bit of news I grabbed from uh, Bleeding Cool. And according to Bleeding Cool, who says according to Hit Fix, uh, they say that Mike Myers has signed a contract uh, to do Austin Powers 4. 
I don't know if any of you guys are excited about it, but I don't think I really am. Thoughts? <laughs> well, this is uh, Mike Myers is kind of still licking his wounds from that terrible, god-awful love guru. I don't know if you any of you guys ever saw that. I actually watched it on a plane. It was – it's probably one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> it's uh, bad. Yeah, it's terrible. So I think he's probably saying – uh, what can I do? Wait a minute. I have another idea for an Austin Powers. <laughs> That's exactly how he said it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so just, sure. it's not so surprising. I mean, really? No, it's not surprising at all. It's whether the world needs it. I mean, and the thing is, I am a Mike Myers fan. I, 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 I lo- loved Wayne's world. I loved, uh, so you think I'm a, uh, so I married an ax murderer. I mean, the even the part three of Austin Powers Gold members pretty goddamn funny, but it just he's like all comedians, he's dangerously close now to kind of falling a little bit out of touch. I mean, it's been a while now from since a last Austin Powers. This is that probably that thing we we've talked about before. When they get to a certain age, or they have kids or whatever, they kind of lose touch a little bit. Mike Myers is a pretty bad joke recycler, anyways. In the first place, like. Granted, don't get me wrong, I love Mike Myers, I love all those movies you've mentioned, and he is probably the king of catchphrases. He's invented more catchphrases for people to talk about for months afterwards than anybody else. But he reuses jokes sometimes to a fault in his movies, and and, and I, I think this could be an entire movie genre that he's reusing a bit too much. But even as a, a Canadian, specifically a Canadian from Ontario, you can see in all of his stuff, like, not the freaking you know, kicking Michael Myers, Mike Myers in the face, but you can see where a lot of his bits are homegrown from Ontario for crying out loud. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think so. But I'm, my, my concern too is with, uh, with Austin Powers is, is there any gas left in that tank? I mean, it, to Andrew's point about recycling jokes, it's just what more can you do with that Dr. Evil and Austin Powers characters for a fourth film. I mean, that's getting to be a long series, especially for a comedy series. Well, especially because, you know, part of their problem was, I think, is having to have Dr. Evil in every movie. You know what I mean? It's not like James Bond fights the same fucking evil uh, villain. You know what I mean? So had they maybe given up Dr. Evil for a second movie and then maybe he comes back at the end of the third movie or something. You know what I mean? Like a little bit, yeah. I guess they kind of did use him like that in the third movie, but you know, the problem is that they're so tied to him as a villain. Maybe that's something that they'll change here in this fourth movie. Well, it's yeah. And that's a good point downs. I was going to say the same thing. If they brought in a new villain and had Austin powers, then perhaps this will give it some life that it needs, but you know what? They might do better having a Dr. Evil film than they would in Austin powers. Cause let's be honest, who would you rather watch on screen the whole time? Might be Doctor Evil. Well, yeah, actually, I you know what we need. We need to do a redo uh, before the movie's even out and write the next script because what needs to happen is basically Doctor Evil needs to be good and join with Austin Powers. You know what I mean? And that's the next movie. Sorry, instead of a redo, does that mean we're going to a predo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a redo. Yeah, I like it. Exactly. Write that down. Uh, the thing is, is that kind of was the storyline of Part Three, though. Is well, I get they, right, right, right. They teamed up to fight Goldmember. Like that's right, the thing. They, right. I mean, Doctor Evil. It, to Andrew's point, he is the star of these movies. It's impossible to make an Austin Powers film without him. Now, I think that would. It, it's it, you just can't make it work. I mean, I would de-emphasize almost Austin Powers to your point, but really, I think at this point now, if 
this flops, Mike Myers' career is probably over. I don't see him at whatever age he's at. I, I mean, he's got to be pushing 50, inventing a new character and a new franchise at that point of his life. No, I mean, but he, he's not going to always be the character inventor. I mean, look at Adam, look at the stuff that Adam Sandler's done now. I mean, in fact, he needs to get on trying to probably stop writing so much and trying just to be an actor, probably. But what do you he, mean what Adam Sandler's done? Well, because, I mean, all Sandler's gone off and done some fucking serious stuff and has some, you know, it, it actually has a little bit of critical acclaim for some serious acting. Well, I mean, Myers attempted that as well. He was in Inglorious Bastards in that small little role. Uh, <laughs> and, and 54. <laughs> and Club 54, oh, God. But the thing is, with Mike Myers, this is known throughout, you read anywhere about him online, he is a, a massive control freak. Him releasing the reins of the script writing in that is almost going to be next to impossible if he's doing comedy. Oh, I see. I didn't know that he was a big control freak. Oh, God. yeah. Like, apparently he is, I mean, he is like a general on a film studio, like, or on basically during a film shoot. He He is calling the shots. He's basically the quasi-director of every movie he works on. Yeah, apparently he's a real, like, the rumor is, you know, and these are rumors, obviously, he's a real big fucking prima donna, too. Yeah. Hmm. See, I wish we heard more stuff like that on the podcast. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> it did. Yeah, well, no, that's good. Keep that type of shit coming. I want to know inside dirt. That's what you're good for, DJ. You know all that Hollywood bullshit. Keep that shit coming. Um, okay. Uh, did you say you had, even though that went on a little while, let's see, is there even more geek news, Christian? I, I have one more piece of uh, geek news that I thought was particularly interesting. Uh, for all those who care, according to uh, those fellows over at Geek Tyrant, apparently uh, Disney has stopped production on the movie The Lone Ranger. Uh, fantastically enough, the budget apparently had ballooned to $250 million, uh, which for Western seems kind of crazy to me. But apparently what the the background story on this film is, first of all, it was uh, Johnny Depp was playing the role as Tonto, if you didn't know that already, but that the movie was mainly focused on Johnny Depp's uh, character Tonto and that apparently it was, it was planned as an Indian spirituality werewolf movie where essentially uh, Tonto would turn into this wolf beast that would tear victims apart into a bloody mess. So the, it was originally planned for release in 2012, uh, December 21st, but that Hobbit movie and that World War zombie movie is supposed to come out that time, and Disney, based on uh, Cowboys and Aliens, have decided, I don't think we're going to make this movie. I, I'm actually, okay, I did not know about the Tonto, where Tonto fucking thing. I didn't know anything about that. That is awful. So maybe we are, we're dodging a Lone Ranger bullet there. But I'm, I'm a little surprised by this, I must say. The director is Gore Verbinski that was supposed to do this. He directed the first three Pirates of the Caribbeans. Johnny Depp uh, is arguably one of the biggest movie stars in the world, and I mean that in yeah. the world. Internationally, he is the number one draw. The, the most recent uh, Pirates movie, I think that's part four, that made over a billion dollars a billion dollars uh and that's jerry bruckheimer who was the producer of this new lone ranger movie why walt disney wouldn't say 
okay, you guys all want to do something else? Fucking go for it. I, I'm a yeah, little it, surprised. It's surprising a movie with Johnny Depp in it could get canceled, right? Like, yeah. that get, get squashed. I know. It just seems to me, based on the premise of Tonto, that maybe someone actually in the studio, you know, actually had some good thought and thought, what the fuck is this? This is, <laughs> this is not the Lone Ranger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, the, the sounds of it, hopefully, that, but it probably has nothing to do with any real fucking reason that we have anything to do with. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't want to watch, like, I know the Lone Ranger. I like the whole tale of the Lone Ranger, you know, and, but the fact that all of a sudden, seeing, you know, you know, him seeing, seeing this movie going, you know, Lone Ranger going, all right, Tonto, let's go. He goes, wait, hold on a second. You know, it just seems freaking like from outer space. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I would like to verify that maybe that was the actual script, because that is ridiculous. The the uh, guy that was planned to be the Lone Ranger in this movie was apparently the dude that played the twins in the Social Network. I don't I don't yeah, know. Ar- the Army Hammer. Yeah, that guy. He was oh, the be- guy who was the what was the name of those fucking twins, Christian? Oh, the freaking Wolfcastle twins. I can't. Frankenheim twins or something. Bimble Dingles. The Fumpenstockers. <laughs> the Schlickenschlockners. Something like yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty, to me, this is pretty surprising news, but it looks like, fuck, I mean, we might be avoiding a disaster. But I want to touch on one thing that you said to lead into this story, Christian, is the failure of Cowboys and Aliens. I'm extremely surprised at how poorly this movie's performed. I haven't seen it, but it has bombed. Oh, really? Yeah. It oh, is. I thought you were going to argue with me. I said, I'm just reading what I read on the no, website. No, no, I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there, that this was one of those movies that, like, us four were pretty excited about. And yeah. they've been advertising for it for fucking months, way back since yeah. the Super Bowl. I'm just surprised with the people involved in that. Bloom, did you ever see it? I, no, I didn't see it. I wanted to, and it was one of those things that was on my list. And then when it came time to go to the film, I was like, eh, it's getting such crud reviews. I just decided to go to see something mm. else. I don't. I mean, the, the idea of it of that movie seemed okay, and then I saw the trailers. Like, there's nothing really grabbing me. You know what I mean? It's like one guy's got all the fucking goods, and the rest of those cowboys look like there's freaking running away from everything. I don't know. Just something about it just didn't click with me. I don't know. Mm. Mm. I'd like to Maybe see it. As the cowboys uh, or the aliens. Someone at the office said it was good, but other than that, I don't know much else. Than that. I'll see it. I'll see it at some point. I, I know that. I just. When it came down to it, you know, when you, you decide to go to a movie, you feel like one movie over the other. I didn't feel like that movie that day. <laughs> okay, well, I cannot let this topic just go and not have a trifecta of geek news because this is hot off the press. And I was reading this just before, and since Christian didn't bring it up, I feel I must. Um, have you guys heard that there is a hell of a lot of rumors flying around about the WB uh, trying to push through a Batman-Superman movie? Have you guys heard about this? No. I, yes, I did, re- <laughs> I did read that, actually, yes. Okay, I heard- did you have you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard that they're trying to fast track that uh, uh, Superman Bats film again. Yeah, and so I guess so. For for those of uh, you know our listeners who are hearing this and haven't maybe checked the article out that, that we've heard read obviously read on io9.com, um, basically uh, the idea is that um, 
they want to keep Christian Bale in the cowl. They don't want him to get away, I guess, when Christopher Nolan leaves. So this is a way for them, hopefully, to keep him in for one more movie. And the plan would be maybe Christian Bale and then, uh, you know, being the uh, old wise uh, and him, you know, taking on the new Superman of Henry Cavill. So uh, to me, though, this definitely feels like, holy shit. Marvel's kicking ass. Avengers is about to come out. This feels like panic. And they're like, we got to get a fucking movie in with these two stars, like fucking stat. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me as well, Downs, is uh, they a Justice League film just isn't going to happen at this point. Or it, I mean, it would be five, ten years down the road. This is them trying to combat the, the Avengers juggernaut. If they can get Bale and this new Henry Cavill Superman guy... That could be a pretty big deal, but I just, I don't know who's involved with making this movie. I don't know if Nolan's involved or whoever the hell, but across my fingers, I, I mean, I hope, hopefully this isn't a little bit of, you know, too good to be true. Yeah, a couple of things that makes me think now that if they get Christian Bale for this movie, this dude is going to be getting fucking uh, Joker plus Brando friggin' superhero money for that role for crying out. I mean, this guy just won a friggin' Oscar. I mean, he's going to be – if you want me to do the fucking cape again, he, I'm sure he's like, you got to give me a boatload of money. And secondly – the very fact of the word fast-tracked is used to make this movie makes me even more scared because that fast-tracked and making movies does not seem like a good equation to me. Well, fast-track within certain reason because, I mean, they haven't even really started production on the Superman film yet. They're working on The Dark Knight Rises. They can only be doing – I think what they're probably fast-tracking is – the script because you, you were at least a year away before they could even start production on yeah 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 i think i think the idea was that this would be done after superman so you know you'd basically start script now and then you know once the next one's done it would move into shooting you know what i mean and boom 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 back yeah, to no, back the idea of rushing something that you just dream would one day oh yeah totally kind of scary oh to, to, I, I completely agree i i think this has come out of if this is true as we say the alleged story this has come out of a total panic mode the only problem could be could panic lead to the enough money and putting the right brains behind something you know what i mean could it be that listen we have to do it properly and that means now as far as this rumor is Nolan is not attached to this. I, I think um, Christopher Nolan's days of superhero. Well, I, don't, I, mean, I guess he's involved in Superman somewhat, right? So maybe that's not true. But um, you know, he, I, I don't think he's sticking around. You know, unless WB, uh, you know, really courts him. You know, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they could, but I, he's not attached to this story. The idea was that this was they're just trying to keep the actor in. Uh, but if they could get someone to write a good story, or you know, take some fucking good content and get a good director, it could happen. I don't know though. Yeah, I, I would say Christopher Nolan's days of using air quotes here, directing superhero films is over after The Dark Knight Rises. I, yeah. I would put money on that. You're right. Maybe fast tracking will allow them to say, we got to pull the trigger on this. Let's put let's not waste any time. Let's get a big name director so we don't have to worry about everything and just make everybody happy. Like, hopefully that's the route they take and they don't go. All right, let's get fucking Brett Ratner and somebody call him, you know? <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. Okay, on that very sad note, uh, let's move into tonight's topic. This is episode 126, I believe. 
Yes. And uh, this episode, <laughs> thank you, Christian. This episode. Sorry, it seemed like you're asking for a referral. I beg your pardon. Yeah, I was kind of asking, but kind of not. So whatever. Um, it's okay. We take it loosey goosey in the Tom Geeks podcast. At least when I'm hosting. Um, this pa- This episode uh, is a throwback. Uh, a hoedown, a something or other from episode, I think it was 73, which was uh, talking about our DVD collections. So um, where this topic came from was when I was recently packing all of my fucking worldly belongings again into fucking boxes and dragging them halfway across the country. I realized that some of my DVDs are still, in fact, in the packaging. And, you know, Especially in today's day and age when collecting DVDs doesn't happen as much, I thought, what is it about these treasures that they're still wrapped? Uh, are there stories about what happened to them? Maybe there is, maybe there aren't. Maybe they're just shit that you bought and then you never, ever fucking watched. But that's where the idea came from. And I'll tell you what, to get us started, I'm going to tell you which movie actually it was. This isn't the one I watched of our of our still wrapped treasures for tonight's um Episode, but this was the one that started it all, folks. And this is a little movie. Uh, uh, can I read what year it was done? Maybe you guys can guess what movie I'm talking about. Nope, can't find that. Who is the man who hides his scarred face behind a mask? Hero or madman? Dark man. Or, or oppressor? Any other guesses before I, the next line? I'll give it away. Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> yeah, that's what I have in my fucking collection. <laughs> <laughs> who is V and who will join him in his daring plot to oh. totally a regime that dominates his nation this movie is called V for Vendetta is that Kane is that the movie with Kane <laughs> you, know, you know I haven't seen I haven't seen that movie what you know I have not seen that movie that oh my god good this is a really good movie and it's not I didn't even watch it it's still in the packaging okay. folks okay hold on Andrew have you read the comic book no but I've seen Jerk. the movie. Well, come on. What do you, you just call me out because you haven't uh, seen the movie because you never you, see you, movies. You were yanking at, yakking at me for not seeing the freaking movie. I, I said nothing. All I, all I said was, oh, you haven't seen it. It's really good. I didn't say like, wow, Christian, you're gay now. <laughs> Which I probably it sounded like you're being now. mean. Oh, Christian, God. why are you such a homo? <laughs> for not watching the movies. Yes. So this stars Jeez, there we go. <laughs> um, well, that's too bad. I, I wish I would have watched this now because this is a really good movie. Um, and I was actually saving it because uh, we'll get the other movie I watched later. But this was the one that when I, I watched it, I was like, why is this funny enough? Why is this movie still wrapped? This is a great fucking movie. Um, and it shouldn't be wrapped. It, it should be enjoyed. And I'll tell you what, for you fuckers on this podcast, you should watch this movie too. It's uh, directed by the Wachowski brothers, funny enough, the makers of the uh, Matrix trilogy. Very I don't think it's directed by them, oh, but no? I know they're involved. I remember hearing that. But so screenplay, guys, screenplay by yeah, prequel to the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. James Matisse uh, is the director, but they also yeah. watched and, uh, and oh, wrote it. Okay, then my big question is: though, you okay? You've seen the movie, right? And Downs, you've read the comic book, right? I've not actually read the comic. Oh well, then forget it. I have no question for you. Then. Right. <laughs> so in terms of how you read the comic book, Christian. I can't that. But yes, funny enough, both guys who've seen the movie haven't read the comic. Both, did you read the comic, Dijo? I, I have read the comic. <laughs> so we, what I think Christian is angling at here is the comparisons from the comic to the movie, which we're not going to get answered, so we better move no. on. Hey, that's but, uh, Let's so, talk so, about that one. So either, 
Yeah, so either we we both see the movies and read the comics, or we create some kind of device that can meld us into one super geek. There we go. You know what? That would be a great episode, uh, maybe for another time. You two watch the movie, we read the comic book, and we talk about it. Because I'll bet I you, whatever you read first is probably your preference, and it'd be an interesting to see how true. Gunpoint reviews, maybe. Maybe perhaps. No, but you know that would be a brilliant perspective. Like basically a, a, a movie and a comic book, and how you know how one story differs from the movie. That's actually a pretty neat idea. Uh, that is a really cool idea, and, and one group. Uh, stays as virgins to the film, and the other one is a virgin to the uh, the comic. Like you can't have seen both, right? Well, I, know, I was going to say we now we we read the comic book now. You guys watch the movie now, and so therefore we saw the movie first. So our perspective will probably be that the movie's better. Not not to you know not to spoil whatever. You guys will probably think the comic book is better, and it's, it'll be interesting to see if that's the case because people are, is it what you read first or is it do we like the comic book more, or do you guys like the movie more? Yeah, yeah. Or it would be a real challenge to find a property that neither of us have read the comic or have seen the movie to, though. Yeah, like, like well, but aside from this movie, that that's this, this is the one that we could do it to. You know, I'm saying do this one. This is yeah. getting really complicated. <laughs> well, I think we should do the thing Christian said: is amalgamate into one super geek. <laughs> I'll form the head. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, Never. Mind. I'll be the torso. <laughs> I'm the penis. <laughs> See, I thought about that. I'm like, nah, I don't want to be the penis. <laughs> it's a giant hairy penis. No, I. But you know, I have. It's heard really good stuff about that movie. It's strange that I've just not gotten around to it. It's. I think it's one of those things, and maybe Christian will agree with me here that time just kind of goes on, and you forget about movies. They fall so far in the backlog that I. I it's not even on my radar anymore to see that. Hmm. It's true, and it's a great little movie. A great yeah, until it comes on TV and you go like, fuck, I've never seen that movie. And you think, oh, I can't watch with commercials. I'll have to buy it for crying out loud. Anyway. Okay, so um, let's move on. So that wasn't the one I, that, I, that I did watch. So uh, for those of you listeners, uh, we, I tasked the geeks with looking at their collections. Again, I, I think it's the fact that this is your physical collection. Only so many things make it into your collection. So why are there things that are in your collection you've never watched? Oh, my God, that seems crazy. Why should we not talk about that? So um, we all grabbed a couple movies if we did, and, and the objective was to was to watch one of them and maybe discuss why. Was it, did you live up to it? Did it suck? Or whatever happened. So um, let's first go to Christian Nielsen. Um, when you looked into your DVD collection, uh, tell us uh, – let, I guess you might as well tell us uh, what you watched. Tell us, might as well jump right into the one that you watched. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, uh, actually, when, when, I, when I think about it now, like I had, a, I had two choices of what to watch. I mean, basically, I have nothing still wrapped. I mean, whether I watch it or not, I never. I always take off the friggin' plastic, the plastic wrapping, and then those friggin' labels they have on the top and the bottom. That's like my friggin', like just my. My own OCD had to get that crap off there. So I like to see what the the discs look like and things like that too. Okay, well, see, that's funny because uh, interestingly enough, I'm totally opposite. One way I know I've not watched the movie because I have horrible memory is that if it's still it's still wrapped, I know I haven't watched that yet when I bought it. Oh, really? Because I a lot of the times I rarely uh, buy things that I have not seen already. If I'm buying something, it's something because I really like this movie. I want to see it again, and I want to show it to like my children and say, "Hey, I like this movie." So I like buy it, so that now I know I have it, so I have that opportunity to bring it out when and sit the kids down and you know <laughs> eat popcorn and watch one of Dad's stupid fucking movies. No, no, so I, I, I hear you, but because. Um, 
I don't get to watch it. Like what I do when I buy something, I try and watch everything I buy. You know what I mean? That way, mm-hmm. even if I've seen it already, it's like buy it, I try and get it watched. And if I don't get it watched right off the bat, I leave it wrapped. So that reminds me that it hasn't been watched since it's been purchased. So it's partly also to make sure that the DVD it works, right? And you can, you can return it or whatever. So that's one of the reasons why I just, Oh, I never thought about that. I just let it look ugly on my shelf there with this friggin' plastic wrap shining with all these other friggin' unwrapped boxes. I couldn't friggin' do that. <laughs> what about you guys? Do you guys have any rituals like that? DJ or Bloom? Um, I'm not a huge, uh, DVD collector, Blu-ray collector. I've, what I've generally done, the majority of my collection is TV. So I, when I'm going to buy something before I, the iTunes and you know Apple TVs of the world, I would buy a lot of television. But I do have some movies. I'm not OCD like Christian where I have to get the plastic off immediately. I would do that if I was going to watch it. It would sit, stay in plastic until I watched it. Ugh. No, I'm an I'm an opener like Christian, but but I also like like Downs is saying I also like to make sure that I watch everything that I buy. There's a reason I bought it, and a lot of times it comes down to the fact that I'm like, crap, I want to see Scott Pilgrim. I go buy it instead of renting it or whatever, even though I've seen it or there's someone else who wants to see it. So then I buy it when I want to watch it, so it gets watched and unwrapped. There you go. Okay, so back to you, Christian. What was uh, you might as well just tell us what your whole list was because it's not we're not going to just come back. To no, that no, there was no whole list. There's only two, okay. and one okay. of them I decided not to watch. I mean, a while back, uh, one of our uh, our listeners, Strict Nine, was nice enough to send me uh, a video to my home, uh, and that movie was Snakes on a Train. And I saw that. Hey, I haven't seen that since I, uh, you know, Strict Nine was nice enough to send that to me. But then I saw in my kind of little Blu-ray area, there was another friggin' uh, disc uh, that I have not watched yet. And I said, whoa, 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 no offense, but Snakes on a Train has got to have to take a friggin' back step to uh, the, the Blu-ray disc called Hulk Versus. And this, in the, on, this, on this disc, it's two animated tales of the Incredible Hulk versus the Mighty Thor and another tale of the Hulk versus Wolverine. Where did you get that? Uh, HMV, which, oh, you, which is a local, like a music uh, video retailer in Canada. Yeah, no. Well, uh, see, I thought for a second that maybe that was one of the things that we got sent to us as the Atomic Geeks. You actually went out and bought that yourself. I went out and bought that on my lonesome. It's the the great thing about HMV, and which is I love, is that they have those friggin' uh, two for twenty dollar price deals and things like that. So I think. There was something my wife wanted, something like, you know, kissy kissy in a foreign country or some bullshit like that. And I said, well, if you're getting that one, I'm getting it. And I'm looking. I see, whoa, Hulk, Blu-ray, two for 20. I'm getting this one. And then I took it home and unwrapped it and put it on my shelf like a year ago and never watched it. The, that Well, that to me is a, a, a an obvious one. And no offense to that film. I look forward to hearing what you say about it. But that's one that you could see could get lost in the shuffle. You know, you're you're the, you're describing how you got it, where you were like, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to get another. If you're getting that, I'm getting this, and that it's being an animated film, and it's not a film that maybe you had seen before or had been in the theaters. I can see why you'd go almost forget that you had it in a way. Well, you know what kind of makes it tough. Everyone obviously on the podcast understands what it's like sharing a household with somebody else. If you get an animated film and your uh, better half doesn't really like animated films, 
you're tough. It's tough to find an opportunity to sit down and watch those things. So sometimes you're <laughs> stuck to. I'm I'm being serious. And Christian, you must no, know about this. Like, I know exactly. I mean, you're that's always like watching the... garbage. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> it always reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld. It's like, hey, more turkey, more wine. You know, where they got that girl yeah, who has those great voices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wanted to follow up last That's right. When the wife suggests, you know what? I'm really tired. I'm thinking I'm going to go to bed. And it's kind of like you try not to be obvious. Oh yeah. Might be a good idea. I'm going to stay down here just for, I'm going to stay downstairs for a little bit. (laughs) The minute her foot hits the stairs, you're like, shoom, put that disc in and watch whatever she doesn't want to watch. The sad thing is, is most other men would be putting in porn at that point. You're putting in Hulk versus Thor. (laughs) It is a porn, actually. (laughs) That is a porn. I was watching it in my underwear. Does that help? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Not it's not going to help me sleep, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so, did uh, Hulk versus the Thor live up to, you know, it was it sat on your on your shelf in this package for a little while, or sorry, not in this package, but uh, did it live up to the uh, hype? Well, do you want me to do a, a combination review of both these stories, I guess sure, you could yeah, say? I suppose, yeah. I mean, uh, I think the, I did a little research behind it, and the whole point of this uh, experiment from Marvel Studios, it's a good one, was basically they wanted to do an animated version of, like, basically your kind of like the X-Men animated series and things like that, but not have the restrictions of, like, you know, the Saturday morning television. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like blood and punching and things like that. Um but both of these freaking move, or both these little stories, I mean, they're, they're a bit short. One's 37 minutes and one's like 45 minutes, are both excellent. Wolverine versus the Hulk, I mean, outside of this, uh, which they had to freaking shove in a freaking origin sequence uh, and uh, tales with Weapon X and all this kind of shit. But the actual fighting between Thor and the Hulk was dynamite. Wolverine does not hold back. He does everything you think Wolverine should do if he was fighting the freaking Hulk. And uh, the Thor, Thor versus the Hulk, excellent story. I thought it was a really neat story where th- basically the Hulk uh, gets let loose on Asgard. And the whole premise of how he takes over Asgard, so to speak, is just excellent. And another m- great fight snap, too. Um, I was watching him going, like, holy moly, thank goodness I didn't let the boy sit here and watch with me for crying out loud. Because me closing his eyes the whole time. It was both of them were very, very good. You know, that's interesting, Christian, because the minute you uh, referenced that film, I'd heard about it because uh, this is one of those types of films that they would be sold at a comic book shop. And one of the two stores that I go to in Toronto, uh, God, I guess maybe I don't know how old that uh, Blu-ray is, maybe a year or two years old. I remember guys in the comic shop talking about it, saying the the Hulk versus the Thor segment is Awesome. Like they were, the guys were even saying if they could do Asgard like they do in that cartoon for an eventual Thor movie, it'll be great. Like they had, they, I remember got, uh, comic shop peeps raving about that, uh, that little sequence. Oh, the Hulk, the Hulk in both of these little stories kicks the living shit and he does everything like the Hulk fucking should. It's, it was totally excellent. I'm so glad I got to watch it. So thanks for the topic. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. Hey, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Uh, okay, so let's go over to Andrew. Let's hear about your collection and uh, what you picked and why. I have one DVD in my collection. Uh, no, it, I'm a bit more like DJ, actually. I do have some movies. I have a very strange collection of movies. Um, 
a big portion of it, like probably 50% of my movies were handed down to me from my dad because he was a movie buyer. The problem with my dad's movie buying is it's like Christian's beer buying. That movie's six nine and nine. I'm gonna buy it. Who's in it? I don't know. It's cheap. <laughs> and that's exactly how he bought films. There's a couple of good ones, so I end up with a few good ones in my collection from him. But my uh movie that I ended up looking at is I, I had actually unwrapped it, put it on my shelf, like Christian did, so it didn't look all foily and gross, with full intention of watching this movie when I first got it. Now, there's a bit of a, uh, a, a hesitation before I get into this one because I am i don't want to upset another Atomic Geek on the podcast, but this movie was given to me by Christian. Oh. And I never opened it. Uh, in fact, I just spat on it, kicked it around on the ground, and swore. No, Wait he, a second. Uh, <laughs> was this the movie I gave you uh, during my wedding? Uh, not well, no. was during... It was actually part of the ceremony. No, yeah, that was ring, sort of a... And now the DVD to that guy. <laughs> so romantic. It was right in the middle of that... vows. Christian just started handing out DVDs to the first four rows. That's really right. weird. Yeah. It, it, For the people in the back. It is the movie Ong Bak, the Thai warrior. I believe this is one of the DVDs that you did give me for helping out at your wedding. Yeah, well, not, for, well, yeah, I gave it to you because you basically, your sister made our wedding cake, and br- you brought it down without friggin' dropping it uh, down a huge staircase wearing a chef's hat. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's, was that from Sesame Street or Electric Company? Fourteen picnic baskets or whatever the hell you made. <laughs> that was Sesame Street, though, right? Yes. Pies. That's Why right. Why I have to s- announce at the top of stairs <laughs> that he has a plate or a huge tray full of cream pies and then fall? My favorite <laughs> sketch. Somebody get that guy some help. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't, you know, announce what he's carrying because he, that seems to be the thing that always sets him <laughs> off for tripping. <laughs> the shut the fuck up and do your job, him. man. <laughs> That's right. I can do all this myself, and I want people to know it. <laughs> So, so like I was saying, the movie was Ong Bak. And earlier this year, I had watched Ong Bak 3. I'll say suffered through. Oh, Ong no. Bak. You're going to be spoilered. I'm going to be spoilered. You've watched Ong Bak. Oh, yeah, I know. I watched Ong Bak 3, and I'm like, I can't go back and watch number one now. <laughs> the, uh, because but, you know, continuity is such a huge deal in the fucking Ong Bak. It, it totally sure. is. It totally is. An you know intricate, what? This, intricate tale, let me yeah, tell you. It, yes. it, this yes. is, you, fucking, you think the Emperor's plan was fucking complicated? This Ong Bak shit has got that fucking shit buried. There's no fighting in it. The whole thing takes place in a courtroom. <laughs> no, the uh, <laughs> I, I will say it is a terrible film in so many ways, but it's also really exactly what the Kung Fu fan, like myself, would like, and I understand why Christian got it for me. Like this is perfectly up my alley. Um, it's obviously Thai, like Muay Thai fighting instead of Kung Fu. Not much of a story. You can pretty much be like, hey, "Uncle, I'm going to save my uncle," and then that's that's it. No, there's a a little bit to it, but let's just it's safe to say that Tony Jaw ends up fighting a lot of people in this. Um, and there's a lot of crappy acting in between the fights. There's some shit that this guy does that's really, really impressive. Makes Jackie Chan look slow when Jackie Chan was in his prime. Um, for the jumping through hoops and flipping and doing all that stuff. This guy can jump, man. So, 
this I, think like that's, I think that's on, that's on the box, isn't it? It says. <laughs> from the, from, the, this the guy can jump. Well, you know what, what? What is on the front is a nuclear bomb of cool from Ain't It Cool News on the front. I don't know if they took that out of context, but the movies, it, it, it's not great, but some, some of the action in this is really impressive. And it cools like, this shit is a bomb. The quote says, this shit is the bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what they're ain't probably cool saying things. though? That, that ain't it cool? I'm a, I'm guessing is just admiring that Tony Jaw or whatever his name is. I mean, he, he is. Cool. He is quite the the you know action hero specimen, but this is one of what you're just. I've seen Ongbok one. I've not had the pleasure of seeing part two, three, and four, uh, so I have no idea where the story goes you and have no if clue where this thing and goes. if he is truly the emperor's brother. I have not learned that yet. But uh, the 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 one. This is one of those movies where you could fast forward until each fight scene. Oh wait, yeah, he's gonna yeah. knee somebody in the face. I'm gonna pause is, it and go back. Yeah, it's like porn. You fast say, forward like through the story porn? and and just get straight to the fighting because, come on, in this he was hunting for the head of the statue of Ong Bak, and that was basically the premise. I thought he yeah, like was Ong Bak. No, his no, name he, is he was yeah. Ting. Sorry. His name is Ting. I thought I thought he was the son of Ong Bak. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Ong Bak, the return. What, he's the son. What I knew about this movie, which again, Andrew's right. That's the reason why I gave it to him. Was basically that apparently the crap they do in this movie is unbelievable. But the main the main important thing about it was that it's kind of like the uh, I get what the antithesis of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This dude does not use any wires or any oh. shit like that. It was all him, you know, jumping through glass and all that kind of crap. You know yeah. what I mean? So you mean like all the cameras had like wireless? No, but like no, his stunt work is is pure human human effort to do all that shit yeah. that he did. Like he's jumping over moving cars, sliding, doing the splits underneath a moving truck. He's like Jackie Chan, where he does all his own stunts. He does all that stuff. But he doesn't do it. There's no wire work and any of that. This guy, seriously, I think he can jump like eight feet in the air. It's ridiculous. Some of the stuff that he does. The guys take kicks to the face because they do it in slow motion. That's one thing that's really annoying about this movie. If you remember, DJ, they do something cool and they wouldn't let you forget the fact that that was cool because they would play it from five different angles, six different times. And they yeah, do it in slow motion, regular motion, different camera angle. And you'd be like, okay, I, I get it. He kicked that guy in the face. That's like, that's the, in, in Kung Fu movies, the trick that they do, that they show up multiple times. What they do in a lot of North American action movies is where they show a building blow up four times. You know, they'll do yeah. that sometimes in the movies where it'll yeah. be like, we know you spent a lot of money on TNT. You got to show it four times. It's not like the building's blowing up four times. We're just seeing it four times. They're like, you know, we Andrew, have four cameras. We got to use all that fucking footage. We got to use all that footage. The one thing when you describe that, though, I have to go back. There has to be an easier way to slide underneath a truck than doing the splits. I know. Can't he has you to just, just lie show down, like I know. Dive? Maybe try a dive. No, backwards doing the split. Like, just like, show off, okay. eh? And, okay. Yeah, and singing opera. Is he dicing an onion underneath that thing? <laughs> Is he knitting a sweater? <laughs> He's making one of those ships in a bottle. Oh my god. <laughs> 
always doing so much stuff. Why can't you just get groceries? Why do you have to be doing a handstand on the cart, grabbing the fruit right. with your feet, Hongbok? Yeah, I need milk from the store. Hold on. I get it. <laughs> Jumps out the window. <laughs> Slides down a lamppost. Friends must they hate having him over, eh? Like, oh, fucking yeah. Ongbach. Can't you use the front door? <laughs> I'm here. God, That's why it. we only have him over for barbecues in the backyard, man. Always. That's right. That's right. He's always climbing up the tree. One thing, one thing I, I, I have to say, like, uh, it, it's very obvious that they're incredibly skilled people. Like, they're falling, hitting the ground, and they're showing it and stuff like that. But you can tell so bad when there's a stuntman. Like, it's almost like, where they do it in Naked Gun or something where it's so bloody obvious because they'll have a guy with short hair and the next guy who's the stuntman will have a long wig to cover half his face. <laughs> like oh, the hair is not even the same. Oh I can say it's because awesome. the film is filmed in like Southeast Asia. So it's like the stuntman is like this white guy with a mustache. <laughs> like a ginger. Uh, fucking yes. six two. <laughs> Why? Hey, man. Right. I'm your stunt double. What do you got? What do you need me to do? Yeah, yeah. Michael Jordan. How you doing, Mike? Michael Jordan lookalike. What? Yeah. Hey, I'm uh, I'm Butch Danielson. I'm going to be playing uh, Jong Ho. I'm his. Uh... <laughs> That's right. I'm Duke Leibowitz. Watch me work. <laughs> but uh, what little I know about Tony, because in, in in the realm of martial arts movies, movies in Southeast Asia, the guy is like a friggin' god. Like close, the closest thing to the next Bruce Lee. People were were thinking and then i guess for some reason he decided to go back after ong bok too and join a, a, a buddhist monastery like he was some kind of like chosen one or something like that i'm not i'm not kidding and i guess he got tired of that life and decided to come out and make ong bok three from what i understand <laughs> so honest engine i look it up there's maybe i'm like kind of blurring lines but look it look it up but so how i mean is, how old, old are, are you for has he gone back to the monastery? Is he making Ong Bak 4? I mean, come on. What's the whole story? I know. I haven't, I haven't been to his blog in a very long time. I'm sure he's on a social network somewhere. No, he's alone up on a mountain right now, and he's been silent for three months. But re- he's also dreaming up the concept of Ong Bak 4. While standing Actually, on what? Oh. I hear Mike Myers contacted him that Ong Bak 4 and uh, Austin Powers 4 are totally tied together. <laughs> well, that's a movie I'll watch. <laughs> We will watch it too, obviously. That's right. And this one, Austin Powers fights an elephant. <laughs> okay, so that's it from you right there, Andrew? Yep. All righty. Michael DiGiovanni, what, uh, what do you have in your collection that's still wrapped, and what did you choose to watch? Well, uh, I, am in fact, do have shit still in plastic wrappers. So, Downs, I am fulfilling exactly what you asked. But uh, I understand the OCD of these other gentlemen. But, you know, uh, to echo Andrew, my uh, collection is very strange as far as movies. I stumble upon these things. I get them as gifts. I, you know, people leave them at my home. I don't, I'm really, people I don't throw have... them out the window. They hit me in the head. <laughs> I trip over them. Uh, I steal them from children out front, uh, you know, but. I really, I don't have a, I'm not a calculated uh, movie DVD buyer, Blu-ray buyer. I just haven't been. So the movie that I got uh, that was, that I, when I looked at my uh, shelf, I saw that in plastic wrap was the film Shutter Island. I had met with Leonardo DiCaprio. So I'd never seen this before. I'd never watched it in the theater. And I, I picked it up and I'm like, why the 
fuck do I have this movie? And then, <laughs> so in my real life, using air quotes, one of my clients is Paramount Pictures. And they, uh, at the end of the year, always send, uh, you know, some of their business partners uh, a basket of movies, I think, around Christmas. So they had sent me two or three films uh, a, a year or two ago, and one of them was Shutter Island. And I ju- that just fell off my radar, like what we were talking about earlier. I got it, put it on the shelf, and never, you know, never watched it, never opened it. So... Uh, that was the one that I decided I should probably watch this film. It's Martin Scorsese directing this, Mark Ruffalo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, so watch it, I did. Uh, this is a, a, a clear example of Martin Scorsese not making a film. It's him making a movie, which he's been doing recently. He gets into these those moments. I like to think of uh, what's the movie that he did with De Niro uh, where – what was that movie? Cape Fear. Cape Fear is a perfect example of Scorsese making a movie. You know, Goodfellas is Scorsese making a film. This it clearly falls into the Cape Fear camp. Uh, very atmospheric, uh, very well filmed. I mean, I got to hand it to the guy. I mean, it almost looks at times like he's making an homage to, you know, 1950s sort of, uh, murder mystery films based off of the, uh, the, the music score and things like that. I, I liked it. I thought it was uh, pretty good. I don't think it is a, a great film, but, uh, it was enjoyable. It was one of those films where I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm surprised I, I'd never seen, uh, but it was decent. I don't know if anyone else had ever seen, uh, Shutter Island. Oh, I heard that movie scary. So, nope. You know, it's not really scary, uh, Christian. Like that was one of the things, and that was not, I will preface or I will go back and say, I did not, the reason I didn't watch it was because you will I was face fearful. Your, instead of a preface, preface, you're going to just face. Yeah, I'm just going to face. Exactly. Let me face here for a moment. I, I, I wasn't, there was no fear of nightmares with this because I did not think this was a fucking horror movie. It's, it's creepy, not scary. Oh, maybe yeah, that's enough to keep Freddy Cat Christian away though. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it kept me away. Well, I didn't. Really, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't watch it. I don't know if it was but, more. Scary. No, but isn't it an, an island? And this on this island is an insane asylum. Yes, is that what? It, and then they have problems at this insane as- asylum. That's why they're sending the police. No, no all goes well. Yeah. Like the whole movie, everything's <laughs> good. No, nope. <laughs> over for the annual summer picnic. That's why they go over. Uh, yeah, I'll just stick. I'll stick to love actually. The, uh, the strawberry <laughs> social, and uh, everyone's happy. Yeah, it's, it, it it is a uh, it's an insane asylum for the criminally insane. Oh, and, oh that's even better. <laughs> and Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo are you know agents that are sent over there because one of the uh, inmates or prisoners uh, goes missing, has like escaped, and it goes from there. It's a very heady, trippy film. Mm-hmm. Um, at times, it's almost like a, a sort of a precursor in a way to. Uh, Inception, because there's that sort of like there's dream sequences and these crazy flashbacks and stuff. Uh, It's a very well-made movie. I mean, in terms of like visual, like it's one of those films where you don't see as Scorsese has been making films for so long. He's actually really dabbling in in this thing with CGI. Like there's stuff like that where you're like, oh, you've not really seen Scorsese play with that sort of stuff. 
like dinosaurs. There's a giant. Well, yeah, they, they, there's an entire. There's a uh, triceratops fight in this. It's a ghost it, dinosaur fight. Yeah. No, but I mean, it, I mean, it's good. There, ben Kingsley's in it. Uh, Michelle Williams, who is a hell of an actress, I got to tell you. That chick that used to be on Dawson's Creek, she was. She is fucking great actress. Uh, it's it, it's good. I would not. I, I'm. It's not going to be considered at all as one of Scorsese's greatest films. It's not uh, one of his greatest works, but I, he's one of those filmmakers that there's always something to appreciate in it. And there's definitely a twist ending. Uh, I won't spoil it. Uh, he, you know, Darth Vader is his dad. Sorry. Uh, but it's, it, it's pretty good. And it's just one of those films that if, you know, if we didn't think of this topic would have probably sat there for another, you know, two, three years. Yeah. Yeah, DiCaprio's character in is criminally insane. I thought you said we were going here to train. That's much worse. <laughs> Where are the free balloons? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the one that I watched. And the only other film that is still wrapped in my uh, collection is the is the film Batman Under the Red Hood, and that is also an animated film. And that's one that we oh. any longtime listeners we actually got that. From uh, Warner Brothers, Downs went to a screening of it, if I remember, and I, I got the uh, the Blu-ray sent to me, and I have just not gotten around to watching that. But Downs, you said it was okay. Well, uh, awesome segue because one of the three that in, are in my collection is that uh, Blu-ray that they gave me at that screening. Um, you know, if if you're into the DC stuff, this is definitely watchable. I mean, it's not horrible, and and it's uh, more adult themed than the other ones that uh, my three year old watches, like the Wonder Woman one and things like that. Uh, this is a pretty good movie, as a matter of fact. Um, Pretty good digital Batman movie. So over to me. That's one of the ones that is still wrapped, putting that down. Uh, I mentioned also V for Vendetta, which, shocking. Uh, I'm telling you, we're going to follow that up in another episode. If I have to do it in four weeks, I will. Um, so that came to what was the other movie in my collection that was still wrapped and uh, hasn't been watched. And so... It's pretty hard not to say, get to, if you guys can guess this. Um, see if you can get it just from the director, from Bob Clark, director of the iconic Canadian horror film Black Christmas. Blazing Saddles. No. <laughs> the Christmas movie? No. Um, Fuckers at Christmas? Porky. Well, uh, who, who's uh, like one of the, who's wait, one of like the third build actors? DJ just got it. It's Porky's. Oh. The guy in I worked with just bought all of Porky's. And I totally in 1954, the boys of Angel Beach High have one thing on their minds, and Porky's, the local honky-tonk striptease joint, is the place to get it. Um, ultimately, my pervert and uh, comedic sense went out, and this was the movie I chose to watch. Um, you know, uh, I love the, uh, these movies. Uh, in fact, I think I've said this before on the podcast, I think Porky's 2 is one of those sequels that's actually better than the original. But uh, let's just talk about this movie for a second. Um, for those of you who've never seen it, this is your uh, quintessential uh, high school, you know, pervert movie where you know it's a bunch of bunch of kids trying to get laid and, and get and drink. Um, this is a great big titty movie. I'm surprised we didn't talk about this a lot in our titty movie uh, when we talked about this before. Um, highlights of this movie include Kim Cattrall. Uh, in this movie plays uh, uh, a uh, one of the girls' uh, high school coaches, and they call her Lassie because uh, when she has sex in the male's uh, locker room and can smell all their jocks, she screams like a dog. Um, 
this movie is fucking hilarious, and uh, it was so great to watch it again. I, I do love this one. I, like I said, I like Porky's two more, uh, but this is a great fucking movie. It's Canadian made, and uh, you know, it really st- I think it's probably one of those first types of teenager pervert movies. So uh, yeah, I love so, Porky's. It's so weird. Like that film is iconic. I mean, regardless of it being Canadian, it is iconic, and maybe it was for the time. I can't remember what year it came out. Early eighties, whatever it was. Eighty one. 81 that movie showed a lot of bush like it for that time there was complete head to toe nudity like that was you're gonna say head to toe bush yeah oh yeah not a popular girl <laughs> there was all. some greek women in it I mean, but, uh, no, but you're right like there, there is the scene uh, another great uh story is this is when they're trying to actually it's on the cover is looking through the sinkhole right like or the uh thing and the, yeah. and they actually get to see the girls changing and i mean you're right they show full frontal nudity in this movie bush and everything you know and and including like buddy gets his dick grab you know what i mean they didn't shy away from showing dick either yeah it was well, for its time was very adventurous and like I mean forward like that but like I but think don't you, it, don't you find not to cut you off D but don't you find boot movies have gotten more uh, pasteurized over the years and more you know less raunchy like I, I know I, you know something something about Mary and, and stuff like that tend to go for the gross out factor and things like that but boobs and bush just don't happen in movies anymore. I think the funny thing about Porky's, though, in comparison to the movies now, though, is that back then, those, in a, in a, not to just, you know, pay too much on a fetish, but all those girls were like natural beauty, so to speak. Nowadays, it's kind of like the, the, the boob movies now, they're all like freaking like silicone, freaking plastic surgerized architect goddesses, so to speak. And, and the scenes that you would have nudity in is either, if there was group nudity, it would be like a fucking music video, right? Or you get one requisite nude girl like yeah i'm even thinking of like american pie for example like this was a movie to christian's point where 10 12 girls are in a shower you know buck naked and it's not a fleeting scene it's not like it's eight seconds like it's it's the joke goes on for a little bit of them you know peeping through that people the this is I, i that was the complete selling point of that movie like you could have had there was no, but think honestly, Downs. When you think back to 1980, they there was no actors that anyone knew in this fucking movie. Like no one knew what the story was about what Porky's was. It was built around. There's going to be this shower yeah. sequence. Like it, it. That's what sold that fucking movie. That. That movie had a huge reputation because that scene alone, and I'll tell you why I know this, because my parents went to see that freaking movie in the theater, and uh, they came back and thought it was so hilarious, they actually had to relate the scene to my brother and I, telling exactly <laughs> what happened. Because like, my parents were fairly liberal, they were European, blah, 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 I don't know what the hell you want to think about that, but I knew a lot about this stuff at an early age, and when they saw this scene, it was so funny to them that they actually had to relay it to me, which of course was like gold because at school the next day I was Mr. Porky's you know what I mean telling him exactly what my parents saw the well, parents because, I mean, it out. I mean okay, it, honey, get the glory hole wall let's do this <laughs> the thing is, though, is this this movie the the beauty of this movie is what I think is that it captures that a lot of things don't like American Pie is the sex and the comedy at the same time you know what I mean like that scene that we're talking about has full frontal 
young women showing fucking hair and bush. Meanwhile, this kid sticks his dick out, you know what I mean, and is waving it around. And then when the teachers grabs onto it, you know what I mean? Not only are you killing yourself laughing, you also just saw tits and bush. I mean, like, that is a an amazing scene in one fucking movie. Do you know what I mean? And it's, just, it's that, like, horned up teenager shit like it was you you everyone knew a guy in high school that probably would have done that that would have stuck his dick in that hole like it it was just <laughs> it seemed kind of real like you know, you know what i mean Downs, well, you're the you're the porky's what? expert here right i'm, I'm a porky you're a fan, but that you don't. Why are you shying away from being considered an expert here? <laughs> well, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. What are you to ask me? I don't know. What I might. You no, might trip me up. Captain Wax a lot. <laughs> uh, no, how many Porky's films were there? Was there three or four? There's three for sure. Um, I was just trying to get to uh, IMDb to see if there was uh, four. Um, for sure, there were three. I don't think they made any after that. Okay, so why Porky's? I always remember another reason beyond that you know, great first film. And this was one of those movies when we were young and just kind of, you know, sort of to explore our interest in the ladies. I, the other thing I reason, I always remember the Porky's franchise for, because we, you know, as noted off the top here, this is a, this was, these were Canadian made. Well, my, I have an aunt that lives in Montreal and she, uh, adopted two girls. So they were my cousins, but simply through, marriage there's no blood relation and they were my uh my this aunt that lives in montreal aunt and uncle were quite well to do and porky's it must have been porky's three was scouting out locations to shoot at, uh in <laughs> in montreal and they were going to film a segment or they did film a segment in my aunt and uncle's house and then when they were there they saw one of my girl cousins and they wanted her to be in the movie and my aunt was like fantastic and they're like all she has to do is take off all of her clothes and then they're <laughs> and do push-ups. And, and, and I am not clear, like, definitely not. So they told us this on a visit that they're like, Marissa was almost in the Porky's movie, but they want her to be completely naked. And then we were all like, okay. Marissa was so, rather you, attractive, by the way. You got any pictures of your cousin? <laughs> Can we try that here so, at home with my camera? Pictures of Marissa on the website. Um, you know, just just to you know, you know, complete the whole picture, just for our imaginations. Yes, strictly <laughs> research and for, to be thorough. Um, yes, Porky's Revenge, uh, the third, and of course, it suffers from the uh, trilogy. Uh, you know, curse is not very good. Um, Porky's now on a boat. The boys end up having to work for Porky's ugly daughter. Pee Wee does. It's not very good at all. So Marissa DiGiovanni on Facebook. And, 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 uh, and unfortunately, there's no Marissa DiGiovanni in it. Uh, but I, I got to go back to the fact that I think these movies are really funny, though. You know, if the I, the scene of uh, with Kim Cattrall where she's being lassie is fucking hilarious, where the one coach is behind the mat laughing his head off, and uh, that was funny. And you know the the big finish in the end where they finally get Porky's back. Spoiler alert from a 25, 30 year old movie from Canada. Um, you know, where they finally get him back is great. And again, oh, and the scene where they, the scene where they go and they go to sleep with the woman who they think is a hooker and the big black guy comes in with the machete and chases them all out. I mean, that shit and Pee Wee is then running down the highway and gets fixed up by the cops. That shit was fucking funny. You know, it's not just sex in these movies. It's really funny shit that I find. Uh, you can, I, I've seen this movie 18 times and I'm like, that's why it's still wrapped. But I'll watch that shit again. And I watched it again and I still laugh. So I, I think that's a great fucking movie. 
You know what the funny here here's a great uh, trivia connection to this movie to the most unlikeliest connections ever. Porky's the movie and its relationship to the television show Webster starring Emmanuel Lewis. Because in Porky's the movie, Porky's sheriff brother is Alex Karras, who played the stepdad uh, to Webster on the TV show. That's and right. And Susan Clark, Susan Clark plays the friggin' whore with the guy with the machete. That's right. Uh, and is and is the stepmom to Webster on that show. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say they also call Webster meat. No, because I thought about that. I go, wait a second. Alex Karras is in that movie. I remember that. I go, wait a second. The freaking uh, the stepmom's in that too. <laughs> I mean, I, you, now that you say that, I totally knew when you said the the brother, uh, you know, Porky's brother is the sheriff, but the fucking yeah. mother. That's right. She's the fucking whore who's like she feels all the guys up, tests out their cocks, and then goes in the room and pretends to get her freak on. Yeah, she's checking for diseases. In. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what the funny thing, uh, the funny thing that made me laugh about your initial explanation about this movie, how it's just a good teenage uh, sex comedy, crying out loud. It was it just me when I finally got to see this movie as a kid. That none of those kids looked like they belonged in high school at all. They all looked like they're thirty years old for crying out loud. Christian, welcome to Hollywood. Anyone, shut up. It's, it's rare whenever they put fucking a, a high school person. Fucking Luke Perry was 32 when he was playing a grade 10, no, you know what I but mean? In this movie in particular, all these guys look like they just got out of the friggin' army for crying out loud. Well, that, that I mean, dude, meat. I mean, how, how could you? That guy was like a body, 30-year-old bodybuilder, you know what I mean? Like, the guy is huge. But I, but at our at the young age, we didn't, like, we didn't even question that, eh? Like, we didn't go, come on, that guy can't be in high school. They just look like high school dudes. Now, upon reflection, yeah, I understand that. I wasn't saying it out loud. I was just thinking it in my head and then saying, when's the boob part's going to come on? <laughs> and, I, again, i got to say, Porky's 2, you know, where they wake up the next day, and it, it starts right off, you know. And one of my favorite scenes where they do the graveyard glorious scene, which is where the guy, the zombie, comes out of the ground, and he's chasing them, and the guy's all drunk. Oh, my God, I can watch that today and laugh my fucking head off. I think that scene is so funny. Great Canadian comedy. Check it out. If you've never seen Porky's, oh, my God. You'll be glad you came, it says right on the fucking cover. So I can't say much better than that. All right. Oh, I just thought of another scene, too, from Porky's 2, when they get Buddy, uh, all, and the chick pretends to be all drunk and throws up from her fake boobs. I'm telling you, if I had Porky's 2 still wrapped, I'd be talking about that more, because that's a fucking great movie. Why don't you just do, like, a commentary track for the movies so people can download <laughs> Dude, those, I'm telling you, these are great fucking movies. Those and Critters, and you fucking have a happy Michael Downs. Okay, uh, let's wrap up episode 126 of the Atomic Geeks podcast. Let's go to our Atomic Pick. Atomic Christian Nielsen, atomic pick, please. Uh, my atomic uh, picks this week, uh, just a couple of, or actually a comment on the state of digital comics as we know it. Uh, you guys who've got iPads or get comics through the Comixology must love those DC folks because you know, pretty much on a weekly basis, uh, those guys are putting out digital sneak peeks. Uh, they have a, a bunch of 99 cent sales. I mean, the Superman sale was great. They have a one for the Flash this week. Uh, and there's always lots of freebies. I mean, if they have a whole series on sale, they usually give you the first issue for free, which I like as well. But uh, it makes me sad about Marvel, though, because Marvel, the only thing they got going as far as digital comics goes is they have that uh, sale on Mondays, and generally it's not that great, for crying out loud. And other than freebies, they don't 
do that a lot. So that's quite a disappointment, too. So I'm just hoping that Marvel kind of steps up their digital comics game, much like DC has. Um, I finished playing my free copy of Infamous. If you haven't played that game, huh, what are you, stupid? It's a great game. Um, I'm right in line to get that Infamous 2 one of these days, I think. Uh, but as far as a real atomic pick this week, uh, I had the privilege of seeing the digital animated movie uh, Rio starring a whole bunch of people that I was surprised to find were in this movie, mainly uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Anne Hathaway, who play uh, birds in South America that fall in love um, yes, I have children, and yes, I watch this movie, and ah, it wasn't bad. Uh, and so there you go. Uh, you got kids, watch that friggin' bird movie. Not bad at all. All right, Andrew Bloom. Um, I had the opportunity to see uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes on the weekend, that uh, oh. movie directed by Rupert Wyatt, starring James Franco. Um, you know what? I like this movie. I, I, I wasn't sure what to think, and there there are some cheesy things in this movie. There are some points where you kind of go, oh, okay. But it it was it was pretty enjoyable. And you know what? It's I realized I, it's always good to see John Lithgow on the big screen for some reason. If it's Harry the Hendersons or this movie, he works well with those crazy hairy beasts from the forest. Um, no, this is a this is a good movie. I would suggest going to see it in the theater. It's not oscar material but it's actually a pretty decent setup for how this whole uh planet of the apes stuff happened as a prequel um i enjoyed it quite a bit and uh i say you should go see it thank you all right and i mean they are saying quite good things about that movie uh michael DiGiovanni, over to you uh two atomic picks for me first off is a youtube video and i actually have posted this on all of our social media it is the 25 best scenes from movies that were unscripted. Very cool uh, little bits of trivia here. When you, It's about a six-minute video, and they actually show you the scenes from movies, and there are captions explaining uh, what was unscripted. What you, what you learn from this is the line from Jaws, I guess we're going to need a bigger boat, completely improvised. Uh, the scene... Game over. It's game over, man. From aliens, improvised. The whole, uh, the whole uh, story that Matt Damon tells about uh, in Saving Private Ryan about his him and his buddy taking the girl's bra off. He did that whole thing improvised. Uh, really cool little bits of trivia here. You can search on YouTube for twenty five best unscripted movie points, or you can go to our Facebook wall, Google Plus, or to uh, Twitter and search for us because it's there. I posted the link. And my other atomic pick is for a comic book. And this one is called The Red Wing. And this is a new comic from Image Comics. And it's a creator-owned comic from a guy that I've recommended a few times here. His name is Jonathan Hickman. He's doing some stuff for Marvel. And that's like that creator-owned work. Uh, or, I mean, sorry, like where he's doing work for hire stuff because he's working on Fantastic Four. But the really good Jonathan Hickman stuff is the stuff that he creates for himself. And this is when he truly feels like the successor to Grant Morrison. The Red Wing uh, is a story about fighter pilots who basically fly time ships. So that's the easy premise. Uh, their fathers did it before them. They were in the corpse, if you will. And... They went missing, apparently killed, but the, one of the boys decides to join this later in life because he feels like his dad 
might still be alive, lost somewhere in time. Really, really cool. And the art is by newcomer named Nick Patara. Holy shit. This guy is going to be a superstar. uh, His influences are clearly Frank Quitely. He's in that style. The artwork in this is stunning. Uh, Two issues of a four-issue series are out uh, and they'll be con- they'll continue to come out. They're at- it's not on Comicsology yet, but you can get it in stores. It is called the Red Wing. Okay, and my atomic pick, if you are still listening, gentle listener, is for a movie called X Men First Class. Uh, I, like a million other people, happen to download a uh, DVD screener of this movie because it just hit the internet a couple days ago. And oh my God, is this movie ever good? Um, Spoiler alert, Christian, tune out. Um, I can't believe they started this movie exactly the same way they started the first X-Men movie. Not only did they actually start it that way, they used the actual footage from that movie and then started off a new story. That is fucking storytelling. DC, are you listening? This was a fucking movie. Magneto was portrayed perfectly. Uh, I can't get over how good this movie. My only problem with this movie would be January Jones and her piss-poor portrayal of Emma Frost. Um, this chick can't act. She might have some big tits, but she has no fucking personality. Um, I'm sorry. That just... Uh, I didn't like that. Uh, the only thing I didn't like in that movie was it was a pretty poor fucking version of Emma Frost, who was a great mutant. Um... If you think, if you're, uh, I'm actually thinking, I haven't seen Captain America yet or Green Lantern for that matter, but I gotta say, X-Men First Class, for me, of what I've seen, that and Thor, superhero movie of the summer. Really fucking good. Really nice addition to the X-Men franchise. That's gonna wrap it up for episode 126 of the Atomic Geeks. Uh, Andrew Bloom, what's on store for episode 127? Well, I have to say, Mr. Downs and everyone else, we have a very special guest joining us next week. You're going to have to tune in to find out who it is. Ooh, mystery intrigue. Brought to you all by the Atomic Geeks podcast. That's going to wrap it up for episode 126, as I've said already. As always, if you want to get in touch with the Atomic Geeks, you can go to our website. You can look us up on Facebook. You can go to Twitter. You can go to Google+. We are everywhere. However... If you are really cool and you have, like, tons of bitches at your command, you're like Gundama, and you will go to the iTunes, and you'll either leave a review or update a review, because Gundama is the fucking man, and bitches crawl up to him and suck his penis, Um, because that's what happens when you do an iTunes review. That's how much iTunes review gets you in the world. This is Mike Downs signing off for the Atomic Geeks. The Atomic Geeks, over and out. Just listen to another episode of The Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom. Title track by Don't Look Down. Okay, I think that's going to do it for our topic. Um, wrapped pressure. Rep- oh, my God. Hold on. Simply coplorbs. <laughs> I got it in a bag. I bought it at the store. His name was... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you please him on the freedom flop? <laughs> ain't no tag. It ain't been opened yet. Possible maybes. These are some things that might happen. <laughs> I love that line still. Uh, okay, shut up. All right. Is it to enjoy it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> shut up. <laughs>